This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. The coronavirus pandemic has upended daily life as we know it, baffling health officials, politicians, families, and first responders. But the coronavirus might have met its match in some truly indelible parts of our culture. What might those be? Well, let's start with full-service gas stations in New Jersey. New Jersey this week became the only state in the nation where it is illegal for drivers to pump their own gas. Calls are getting louder to change that during the pandemic. The New Jersey Gasoline Convenience Automotive Association is calling on Governor Phil Murphy to lift the restriction on self-serve gas to protect attendance health. The Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board? Pennsylvania's Liquor Control Board has started limited online sales and deliveries again. It has been getting upwards, are you ready for this, 2 million page hits a day since it just launched last week. And voting in Congress. I think that we have to do whatever we can to recognize that public policy has a role here, that governance, governance carries with it responsibilities. You think you're not supposed to touch other people during a pandemic? Well, the pandemic can apparently touch these. With us to talk about this is Herb Jackson, CQ Roll Call's political editor, and most importantly, a man who knows about New Jersey, being a proud, very proud, some may say too proud, native himself. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Herb Jackson, in addition to being our politics editor at CQ Roll Call, you are the man who people come to when there are questions about New Jersey. Forget about it. (laughs) New Jersey is just one uh, thing that we're going to talk about in our our trifecta of of troubled topics, the things you can't touch in a pandemic. Uh, There there seem to be, um, you know, like no end to the changes in daily life brought on by the coronavirus pandemic. But there are some things that we are not allowed to touch, we are not allowed to go near, we are not allowed to tinker with. And one of them uh, is full-service gasoline uh, in New Jersey. Uh, Another uh, that we're going to talk about a little later is uh, Pennsylvania and the state control of the liquor stores and selling of liquor in in Pennsylvania. And then the third one will be uh, the, the topic that's nearest and dearest to our heart, which is the inability of Congress to figure out how to do anything but vote in person, uh, even during a pandemic. But let's start with the most important and salient aspect of this conversation, Herb, New Jersey. Of course. What else is there? <laughs> so uh, most people, uh, you know, when, when, they, when they learn that New Jersey, you, you cannot pump your own gas in New Jersey. I mean, the, this used to be a facet of, of other states, but New Jersey is the only state in the country where you still cannot pump your own gas. Before we get into the why of that and why it's so difficult to change this, 
let's just do like what where did this come from? Why is this such an indelible part of New Jersey culture? Well, I I think it became a thing because of an accident that there was a, a fire. Uh, you know, Standard Oil used to be in New Jersey, right? That was their one of their places. Um, and uh, there was some gas station fire, so they passed a law that said you need professionals actually pumping the gas for you so that you don't, like, burn down cities. And it became the law, and it remains the law, partly because, well, a part, I, I've, I've watched them try a couple of times in my career covering the New Jersey legislature. Um, you know, the... Oh, senior citizens don't want to have to learn how to do it. Um, <laughs> I, I actually was on a radio show with somebody that I still talk to occasionally up there. And I asked her if she was ready to start pumping her own gas. She goes, no, I'll probably just spill it all over myself. Like, they think <laughs> they will self-immolate. In New Jersey. But, but more like more than that, it's, it's one of those things where you, you don't have to pay for it now. You think you're going to get less service. Uh, and and why should you reward the legislator who takes it away from you? Right now, you don't have to get out of the gas station in the cold, in the heat. Some guy comes up, you hand him your credit card through a slit, slot in the window, and you know you don't have to figure out how to activate the pump and punt in, you know, whatever those numbers. Now, with the virus, it's all these other things. It's people in my friend, Facebook friends are saying, you're going to make me go touch the nozzle that somebody else touched and touch the screen that somebody else touched. And, or the more liberal friends of mine say, this is just a scam by the gas station owners to pay less people. Uh, that's the other way they see it. So is this a jobs thing? Is this, is it, it, did it take on this sort of invulnerability as a political issue because it was perceived as a, as taking people's jobs away? Kind of like we don't have as many people doing toll booths anymore. Well, I mean, I think it's more a service thing. You know, like with the tolls, the electronic tolls were an advancement, especially if you try to leave New Jersey, have not having to wait online behind everybody else. And high speed, easy pass at the bottom of, of the New Jersey turnpike was one of the major improvements to a human society in the 20th century. It enabled people to finally leave New Jersey. I mean, and like, Delaware, they, they right? can, they can you finally didn't have to spend all your time in Delaware either. You know, <laughs> they can finally fulfill all those Bruce Springsteen songs. Now we got to get out of here. <laughs> With self-service, I mean, for the longest time, New Jersey's gas tax was a lot cheaper than every other state's. And people thought, well, you know, in other states, it costs more and I have to pump my own gas, you know? So then they raised the gas tax and the equivalent, and they always tried to sell it with a gas tax. The gasoline retailers would try to sell it with a gas tax increase saying, well, you can increase the tax, but then you could get the money back by pumping your own, you know? And they were like, but I pay less now than in, in Delaware and Pennsylvania anyway. So I'm not getting anything. And you're just going to raise the price for full service. You know? So people figured that out. But it was really one of those things where you're not fixing a problem people actually think they have. So what's the, what's the encouragement to try and do it for me? So, and, and now, I mean, I guess that, you know, that's, that's sort of amusing, right? I mean, it, it's like New Jersey is the last, you know, state in the country where people are afraid of destroying their cities accidentally with a gas bill or whatever, <laughs> or, or, uh, or, or getting less, you know, they get the service. So that's sort of, you know, fun and quirky because, you know, Jersey is quirky, right? But now we're in the middle of a pandemic and apparently even the, the, the service station trade association is saying, is imploring the governor to say like, can we just relax this a little bit 
so that, you know, w- people have the choice, you know, so that if they don't feel comfortable, like taking somebody's credit card from them and feeding it and, and, and this interaction that we're supposed to avoid. Uh, but, but it's still, I mean, the governor said, nope, <laughs> we're not changing. I, I think a people believe that if it goes away, it'll never come back and right. B um, they don't, they see it as the other way. I said, you know, the friends of mine in Facebook are saying, no, but now I have to get out and touch the gas ho- nozzle that somebody else touched and use the screen that somebody else touched. At least the attendant has one pair of gloves. He's doing the whole thing, you know, and you don't really talk to the guy at the gas pump. You just like stick your credit card out and say, fill it with regular. You know, that's what you do. Plus, it's a matter of pride. I mean, my sisters in Vermont have a license plate that they won at the boardwalk in Point Pleasant Beach that says Jersey girls don't pump gas. (laughs) So... Well, uh, I, I guess that's as good a reason as any to to be a completely bulletproof uh, political issue. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So let's go over to your neighbors uh, in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is 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 not the only state in in the country uh, where the state controls liquor sales, and and obviously you know there are more there are even more stringent restrictions, and depending on what locality are you're in, I mean some there are some dry counties in the south still. Um, I, it's hard to imagine uh, for me, uh, being the type of person I am, that that would. I mean I grew up in Arizona. The, the only restriction was you couldn't buy booze before noon on Sunday because people had to be let out of church first. Uh, <laughs> so that's not rare for the for the state to control liquor sales and to have you know, st- st- actually staff the liquor stores. But what is has been so the out where Pennsylvania has become sort of an outlier is how they did not deem liquor stores to be essential workers. <laughs> so when they shut the state down in March, um, they, they, the, the liquor stores closed and they didn't start online sales until April. Uh, until April one, April Fool, and and the the demand quickly overcame uh, the the capacity of the website to deal with it. Kind of like the Obamacare website, I guess. You know, initially, <laughs> and then they finally started doing curbside pickup. But like, what you know, you you know a lot of guys you know who work in in South Jersey and in the Philly Inquirer and 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 Philadelphia news outlets. What what in God's name is the is like? How could they think that people wouldn't want booze during a pandemic? Well, I imagine it was because if you look at all of the state employees that you have to say are essential, you know, the prison guards, the the people who take care of people in the development of stable homes, the police, you know, the health care workers, right? Uh, The the health inspectors and things. You'd have to actually argue with yourself, is it really essential to have a guy working behind the counter giving out bottles of whiskey, Right. Plus, let's be let's be clear. They did relax this law a little bit so that some supermarkets could sell beer and wine. So people in Pennsylvania weren't going totally sober. But from what I've heard, like Delaware was busting people with Pennsylvania plates coming over the line to be modern rum runners, right? And and from what my friends who've covered Harrisburg's legislature and governor have told me is, you have a situation where. Uh, the Democrats think it's a jobs thing, right? These are unionized state employees that w- they would be voting to fire if they privatized the, li- the liquor stores. So that's not going to happen for the Democrats. And then among the Republicans, there's sort of a split between the libertarian government really shouldn't be involved in this and the more social conservatives who say, 
do we really want to make it easier for people to get hard liquor? Uh, so, so they fall with the Democrats, and it sort of fails whenever they try to close the state stores. But yeah, they, 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 they did catch hell, though. There was a lot of heat uh, on the governor of Pennsylvania on that one issue. Like, uh, yeah, you could close everything else, but open the state stores. I need to get some Jack Daniels, you know? Well, and and what you saw too is that not just in Delaware, but you know, I mean, Pennsylvania borders a lot of states, uh, and and there there was this sort of run uh, in border <laughs> in border like towns on the liquor stores because I mean, one, you know, in in general, like people do like look for in in border areas advantages, like if you sell something a little cheaper, or if you you can advertise that you don't have as much of a state tax uh, tax on something. But there, I mean, apparently there were just these runs on border towns. It was like when I felt it reminded me of you know when I started college at the University of Arizona in Tucson. I you know I wasn't twenty one and I hadn't uh, rustled up a fake ID yet my first year. So we just went to Mexico to get you know to go to the bars uh, because the drinking age is lower there. Uh, and then even in my hometown, it borders a, uh, an, a, an Indian reservation and people would go, you know, including my members of my family, they would go to the reservation, which was very small, but they sold cigarettes without all the lo- local taxes on them. <laughs> so there, there was just this run on cigarettes, you know, in, in the, uh, in the reservation area. It's kind of hypocritical for Delaware to try and bust people on this case, because if you drive up US one and cross you know, from Delaware into Pennsylvania, just before you cross, almost every square foot on the Delaware side is a liquor store catering to people who want to get out of Pennsylvania's controlled, you know, market, you know, so Delaware has been making money off of this for years, you know, just to try and bust them now just seemed a little hypocritical to me, but, you know, I guess Delaware and Pennsylvania will get along as they get along. Well, yeah, and it, it certainly has got to be the the only time I've ever heard of Delaware not wanting to take money off of uh, people from other states. I mean, you you know, you just, there's one one portion of ninety five or two ninety five. I forget what it is, but it's it's like five minutes here in Delaware, and you spend like nine dollars in tolls or something just to just to go like you know drive like you know a few minutes you know on on the freeway, and it just the money just zaps out you know of your Easy Pass. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Part so, of that was because the toll for the bridge when you come over from New Jersey is on the Delaware side. See, it's free to get into New Jersey, toll-wise. You have to pay to leave. <laughs> That's how the tolls work. This is this is like again, the, all the Springsteen songs make so much more sense now. <laughs> all right, let's pages on Highway 9. Come on. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, again, these are these are sort of amusing um and, you know, we hope that People are being safe as they're like running across the border for their booze, uh, and 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 now you know they're able to pick up uh, liquor in, in in Pennsylvania. And I mean, and, and certainly, like, like you said, there's two sides on the on the New Jersey thing about what what's safe or what's uh, uh, not safe. L- let's end with a, a slightly more serious uh, topic, which is the one that's nearest dearest to us as chroniclers of Congress, which is that neither chamber of Congress uh, seems really very far along in trying to develop a way that they can vote and have hearings and do things like that uh, without everybody gathering in a, in a small room and violating social distancing. And I am, I'm just astounded at this. I mean, that, that since right there are Senate committees that allow proxy voting. Correct. They, they allow proxy voting they, and they allow paper. They're, they're called paper hearings where you can submit testimony and a member can ask 
you know, somebody they can email, you know, like the, the, a witness. Uh, but we're, we're still, you know, up until like a little while ago, you know, like on Monday, Steny Hoyer, the majority leader in the House, said that the House would be back in on, on May 4th, on Monday. You know, I was following Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, a Republican over in the Senate, saying that he would bring his folks back on that Monday. Today, Tuesday, you know, we're, we're, we're talking on a Tuesday, um, Hoyer reverse course after listening to his doctor, <laughs> uh, the attending physician of the Capitol, who said, like, this is really dangerous, and I don't recommend it um, to have people gather in Washington because the, the infections are continuing to spike. It's not leveling out here, and you're putting people at risk. I looked up the numbers uh, from in the seven days that ended Monday, the 27th, uh, the number of new infections had grown 29% in yeah. just seven days. That is not an environment where if you're in another state where it's rural and you don't have a lot of cases, you want to say, hey, I'm going to go stay in my apartment there for a couple of weeks and then go out to the supermarket. I mean, doing all the things that we've been doing, you know, right. putting on a mask to go to the supermarket or getting your poor aide to go out and get your food for your apartment or whatever. But, you know, the other reason I don't know whether they want to come here is they can't go out and hang out at the Capitol Grill and, you know, pick up $2,000 checks for their campaigns either. Right. You know, all, all of the stuff they normally do in town is shut down. Let's say the curve does start to flatten. We're a ways away from having a vaccine. Uh, like the, the social distancing and, and different safety precautions are going to be a part of our life for a while. And, you know, in the in the House, Democrats and Republicans have formed this like sort of in, you know like informal working group to try and figure out how to do how to do this safely, how to have hearings and do remote voting. But but they're still kind of nowhere on it, and and it's just it's incredible to me that like you know you and I are doing this podcast you know over you know Google Meetup you know like a, a Google Hangout and and we're you know we've figured out a way journalists we journalists have figured out a way to to make this work as have every other company and you know governments across the world are also figuring this out and yet the, our congress thinks that like they're just they're they seem no further along than like a high school debate club almost yeah, well, yeah the supreme court has even discovered the telephone that should be the sign, right? <laughs> uh, right. But yeah, I, I mean, I, do you think it's that they that the leaders need to have be able to whip the members, like you know, like they need to get them on the floor and surround them when they need votes? And they don't think they'll be able to do that if they're not in the room. I'm not sure what the what the political leadership argument on yeah. this is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. And, and you know, maybe there is an outside political reason that you want to be seen in Washington. You know, a couple, a couple of members have said that, you know, if grocery workers are brave enough to go to work, if firefighters and police officers are brave enough to go to work, we should too. We're part of the government. But, you know, considering how much could be done, you know, like there's this select modernization committee, you know, in, in the House that has looked at different ways that, that, you know, Congress could change the way it does business. It doesn't, I mean... This would seem right there, like, you know, we should have been preparing for something like this for years. And it would be just a good idea to be able to reconstitute Congress and figure out a way to do the job remotely in the event of an emergency. And this seems like an emergency. There's no other way for me to get the milk, you know, than to either go into a store and buy it or pay somebody online to buy it and drop it outside my door. I mean, all they do when they vote is they stick a card in a machine and push a button, right? right. I mean, right. you you could come up with a secure way to push that button from anywhere in the world. I mean, right. I, I know that 
you know, publicly traded companies have proxy votes where you mm-hmm. get a code as a shareholder and it's a secure website that only your code works to only your cast your vote once and then it's gone. I, it doesn't seem to me that the Congress of the United States couldn't develop such a system if they wanted to. Uh, but we've all seen how technology stumps people that, you know, <laughs> you, should, you would think would know better. Well, and, 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 and trouble getting the microphones to go on and off. Right, right, right. No, and 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 also we should note too that the House, you know, in in developing their electronic voting system, that that dates to the 1970s. That that technology is decades old, um, and is secure. And and the Senate is still the one where you know it's still the chamber. Granted, there's fewer of them where you you have to be recognized, you, you know, either by a hand signal uh, or by voice uh, your your vote. So. It just seems like, you know, again, th- th- this does sort of round out this like thing of there may, there really aren't a lot of good reasons that they can't develop some kind of alternative. Because- yeah, there's no union jobs in the clerk's office, I don't think, you know? <laughs> I mean, at least in Pennsylvania, they got their, 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 uh, their, their bona fides, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Herb. Does um, the house clerk's office have a pack or something like that that we don't know about? <laughs> I don't think I don't think so. I don't think so. They, I mean, they're you know the and also like the you know the, the office of the clerk is. I mean, it's a there's a political appointment there. I mean, the, the person who leads the clerk's office is a political appointee. So, uh, well, um, you know, hopefully this can get settled out. I mean, I'm, I am glad that people in Pennsylvania can drink again. Um, I'm not encouraging them to drink. I'm just I'm glad they're able to to do curbside pickup. And things like that. New Jersey, I guess we'll just see. I know you'll keep us informed about New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I had to learn to pump gas when I moved to DC. I mean, yeah. it's, and I, must, actually, I actually had to teach my wife. And and neither of you destroyed the city in an accident, in a fiery accident. Nah, no, nah, yeah, it's mostly okay. <laughs> uh, and then we'll, I guess, we'll figure out the rest of the Congress thing as as they go along. So, Herb, thanks for. Uh, uh, you know, chatting about your favorite topic, at least, New Jersey. (laughs) And my favorite topic, everything else. (laughs) Ah, yeah. I mean, the only thing I could add is, like, I know that when Bob Menendez was trying, was was facing trial and was trying to argue that he needed to be in Washington to vote in the Senate, the federal judge thought he could vote by proxy and actually argued that with his lawyers. And they're like, no, he can't do that. You know, he has to go and and he actually missed votes while he was on trial, uh, and for which he was not convicted. So, you know, there we go again. Ending with the ending with the jersey. <laughs> Thanks, Herb. All right, sir. That's going to do it for this episode of Political Theater. Thanks again to Herb Jackson, our very own oracle of all things Jersey as well as its borderlands. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends and neighbors about us. As long as we're all cooped up in social distancing, we're happy to provide a voice to listen to. Political Theater is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is owned by Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company.